Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything TX bourbon. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kletchik. Andy, how you doing today? Yeah, not bad. Enjoying that we've now had a couple days where it's like not shitty and raining in here in Cincinnati. Right, actually getting some sun for once. Yeah. One of the few days between, what, November and April that we get sun, sunshine here. Sun, sunshine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just trying to, you know, take... It's nice, too, because not only is it beautiful weather, but you have to appreciate... I mean, I would appreciate crappy weather right now. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, with seeing the stuff that's going on in Ukraine is really... I don't know. I just think it puts things into perspective. You, you know, you're able to go to if you're here in America. For the most part, you're able to go to bed and wake up, not having to worry about fleeing the country because you're being invaded. Yeah. So it's just you know you got a roof over your head. You're able to put food on the table and drink some nice whiskey. You got to be pretty appreciative of that, I think, right? Especially in this day and age. Yeah. So um, sure. yeah. So we're very appreciative to to be here and to be uh, you know drinking some whiskey and uh, to be talking to you guys. So I think without further ado, we should just. Go ahead and jump right on in. Andy, why don't you tell the folks out there everything they need to know about TX Bourbon? Of course. So this is a brand that was founded just over a decade ago, back in 2010, under the uh, Firestone and Robertson Distilling Company brand. Um, it, you know, of course, for the time, that distillery now has their own other um, other brand as well, um, bourbons and whiskeys. Um, but this was their initial venture as a flagship line. Um it, they operate out of the uh, Whiskey Ranch in Fort Worth, Texas, so right there in the Dallas area. Uh, so the, what is the Whiskey Ranch? Is that like the name of their That's like the name of their, like the their operations okay. and land and everything. It's like gotcha. a 150-ish acres, something like that. Very good. Um, Cheers, sir. Thinking here that you should have held the bachelor party there. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the photos, I was going to joke and tell you should have done it there, but oh well. Um, a little too late for that. Yeah. A little bit too late for that now. You know, two, three weeks on from it. Yeah. Um, and it was founded, you know, they founded it after the um, owners and founders, uh, you know, found out that they had like a shared passion for not only bourbon, but entrepreneurship as a whole. Um, and it was something, you know, that they discovered that quickly were able to get it up and running and everything within a couple of years or so. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the first TX whiskey um, was debuting about two late two years later in 2012. Um, and then, you know, four years after that, it was something that, you know, they, their own distillate in 2016 um, was actually debuting on the market. Andy, to cut, I, want, I want to cut you off real quick. Forget the bachelor party. We could have had the freaking wedding at yeah. that whiskey ranch. You could I've actually seen lot. pictures of weddings that were held there. It's a it's a pretty uh, pretty cool looking place. Yeah, it's a good looking space to have it. A yeah. lot of events and stuff. I mean, they have their whole halls and like everything like that for it. Yeah, they got big halls and they've got. Uh, Man, I mean, it's just like a, it's kind of like a modern. I mean, it really is like a modern ranch farm type setup. Lots of wood and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's almost like typically a, a venue for different events and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they kind of do it. Obviously, some distillation, I think, there, but the primary of that Whiskey Ranch area, I think, is 
mostly geared towards events, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. Because they do have two, you know, two different locations in the Fort Worth area. So they don't do the majority of the, the distillation at this location? I think, I don't know that they do the majority at the Whiskey Ranch. Okay. Um, I think that's more geared towards their, you know, private events, things like that. But yeah. I think they still do some smaller operations there. Gotcha, gotcha. For them. Cool. Yeah, it looks like a great space. Yeah. Because the first... Uh, uh, the first area that they or location that they had there in Fort Worth is their primary distilling operations, and the second one is the Whiskey Ranch where they do some operations, maybe the bottling, I don't know, um, or some aging. Like looking at the photos and stuff, you know, they have a lot of barrels and everything there, so maybe aging. But um, you know, a lot of obviously geared more towards those events and stuff. Right. Um, it looks like they have the space; they can pretty much do whatever they want. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's actually closer to like 110, not 150 acres there. Mm. Um, that helps really enhance still. the operate. Yeah, still a lot of land. Um, that helps enhance their operations. Um, while also kind of giving a great tourist spot that most other distilleries in America, at least, especially closer to us here in, you know, northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, you know, don't necessarily have. Um, right. You know, I mean, you look at New Rift across the river or, uh, you know, some of the other big names coming out of Kentucky. Some of them, like, have a lot of land, but you can't always, as a visitor, see it, all of it, visit all of it. It's very much pre-planned. Right, right. Um, and Definitely. Yeah, and it's something where, like like I was saying, all the special events that they have, uh, some additional operations are held there, uh, as well as, like, that's where they do all their tours, all that type of stuff. Um, For sure. And that's where they also have, like, their gift store uh, or gift shop or whatever um, and visitor center and everything there as well. Um, And then, you know, eventually, about three years after that, when they had their own um, distillate coming off, in 2019, they were eventually acquired by a Pernod Ricard uh, out of France, Hmm. which that was something that they kind of did in order to, um, or they made, obviously, the now accepted offer um, in order to complement their lineup of whiskeys and other liquors that they have too, um, like a few different uh, tequilas and vodkas and everything like that, um, and it was something that you know not only have they caught in their own um, you know recognition for the actual whiskey that they're making. Um, which they should. I mean, I forget all the awards that they've won hmm. and been nominated for and everything uh, offhand. But, you know, they also have gained a lot of renown for, even if not awarded for it, like gained kind of some recognition for their branding and marketing in that, um, like, each label they make comes, well, I think it's each label at least, uh, comes with its own specific topper and cork that is, um, like, primarily handmade. Uh, and it's actually like the top by the uh, topper has like its own piece of leather that is stamped and everything like that is semi-unique to that specific brand, um, like bottling. Okay. So you're um, saying each bottle is a different one or like each barrel is a... I think each, I think like each specific line that they have. So like mm, their single barrels or straight bourbon. Right, right. The, the blended. I, that's the yeah, like that's the way that gotcha. I'm getting it. Yeah, it's got like a black leather band that yeah. wraps around the neck of the bottle. It's got like a very, very Texas, um, like Western cowboy type design around it. 
Yeah, and so very Texas feel. Yeah, and it's something that you know they kind of st- they were doing that from the get go with the bottles for TX whiskey at least, hmm. where they would sit there and you know they get leather from some of the like the best leather craftsmen in uh, and like boot makers in Texas and um, just kind of create those use that as a topper there for their whiskeys. Yeah, um, and I think like I said, I think each. The sense I get is like each specific line, like I was saying, has its own specific topper. Yeah. If not, each specific bottle might get a varying different one. I don't know. I can't for sure tell. Yeah. Um, Today we're doing the TX uh, Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey, but they do have several different products, right? Yeah, they have they have a few different ones. So just talking about TX Whiskey, not Firestone Robertson as a whole. Um, you know, they have TX Blended Whiskey. Uh, obviously, the straight bourbon, as you were talking about, they're barrel proof, uh, bot- and then they're bottled in bond, and then also they're uh, barrel finished ones, which I think they only, last I saw, I think only have, I think, a port f- barrel finished one, hmm. um, port wine barrel finished one, but they might have more I just wasn't seeing um, okay. on their website and everything. Um, so that's all, you know, that the products that they have, I couldn't find a mash bill for really what their product is. Um, or, you know what the distillate is, but you know, it's, I'm assuming at least for the bourbon, obviously it's got to be at least 51% corn there. So probably would follow very similar in all their different, uh, offerings. Yeah. So I, um, like I mentioned, we're doing, we're going to do the, uh, the text, the TX straight bourbon. I've actually heard, uh, so I got, I'm pretty sure I got this one at uh, Party Source, um, but I've actually seen this, well, no, I think I've only seen the blended one at Madeira Spirits, Spirits yeah. of Madeira, and I've heard actually that the blended whiskey is is better, that as far as the TX whiskeys go, well, at least between these two, that people prefer the blended one. I've never had the blended one. I had Me the chance either. to buy it, but I never, I never purchased it because I wasn't crazy about the straight bourbon. Like, it's not one of my favorites, and it's a $50 bottle, so yeah, I was like, I don't know if I want to buy another product from them when i really wasn't that impressed with the first one yeah um, which is interesting because at this point now i that we've got a podcast on it i really do want to try the blended and and we might have to do a follow-up once if because i say madeira yeah. gets one of those in like every two months or something like every other month so if i see them come in maybe i'll depending on the price i might grab it and we could do like a quick follow-up maybe just like a six minute or something you know yeah recap video or episode but, yeah, uh, I think uh, you know at this point we're ready to go ahead and at least try the TX Straight Bourbon and uh, see what we think. Of course, yeah, let's do it. All right, folks, pour yourself a glass of the TX Texas Straight Bourbon whiskey, and uh, we'll dive into the tastings here in a minute. All right, folks, we have a glass of the TX Texas Straight Bourbon whiskey poured uh, for our tasting here, and as always, we're going to start with the nose. A lot of funk in there. For me, I mean, I like funky. a lot of very... When you say funk, what are you thinking? Like very... A lot of the um, leather notes, a lot of the oak notes come through for me, but there's like another funk in there that I can't quite figure out, like some earthy note that I just can't... Are you picking up on... I'm getting a little... I'm getting what you're talking about, the oak, the leather. I'm getting a little bit of vanilla. Are you picking up any sweetness like that? I mean, like some subdued sweetness. That you know what it is? It's almost like, like a. It's almost like a. For me, for my nose, it's almost like a, like a banana vanilla. Sweetness. Maybe that's the earthy note that I'm getting is the banana note. I mean, it's just, but there's like some weird funk that I can't 
really figure out like if it's banana, if it's something else. It's but almost I'm, like you can smell the banana sweetness, but almost like with the earth that yeah. the banana like like almost like like some earthy like dirt notes almost. I'm not, yeah, if you know you know what I mean. Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know I get like it. You're, like yeah. you're getting not just the hints of the of the banana, but almost like where the banana was grown. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, I mean it's got. Almost, it's pretty complex. Yeah, yeah, very complex. I mean, it's got, you know, some good hints on there on the nose. I mean, it's not bad, just like a weird... It's got a weird Texas funk, that's what it is. Because like, yeah. like, I'll get some of that weird funk off like Balconis and some other Texas whiskeys, too. Maybe it's just because they're such a hotter climate that it can age quicker. I don't know. Yeah, and it is interesting that they don't really... Because they didn't release the age statement on this, right? Uh, none, none of their stuff, as far as I know, is age-stated. Yeah. I mean, outside of the bottle and bond, which you have to be at least four years old there, right. of but... Of course, of course. Um, no, I mean, as far as I know, none of their, none of their stuff is age-stated. So I don't know exactly how old, you know, each specific bottle or anything, you know, is. Of course. All right, let's give it a taste. I like the taste. Of, I like the taste. I like the palate. I'm not crazy about the finish. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the finish either. Um, most of the palate is good. You know, it hangs around there for a while. The finish does. Oh um, yeah. What are what are some uh, what are some notes that you're picking up there in the uh, what are some tastes you're getting in the palate there? Um, I get a lot of that like oaky note, that earthy note in there. Yep. On the palate that I was picking up on the nose. Um, it's, it's almost kind of like a mossy note that maybe that's the, like the earthy funk I'm picking up. Yeah. And getting, getting some pepperiness the there yeah. on the end of the palate and kind of the starting the finish. Yeah. Are you getting any baking spices or anything like that? No, nothing traditional. I mean, is like that I get from a standard bourbon. Right. Mostly what I'm getting is like what I get from it, like I was saying, like a Texas whiskey. It's a lot more intense, a lot more... Um, intense oaky flavors things like that and me maybe yeah like maybe that funk i'm getting is kind of like a a smoky funk in it that might be it um because it's like a smoky meaty funk in it yeah i'm getting a Um, lot of pepper and oak yeah and it's almost like a little i don't know the finish is very dry i thought it's again it's just not my it's not my favorite i'm thinking maybe texas whiskey in general is not my favorite like this one almost reminds me so like when we did Balcona's I really liked the bourbon yeah I, I wasn't crazy about it but I liked it I was not a fan of the single malt this oh, one yeah. almost reminds me more of the single malt of, of, of the uh, unless, line. unless of the bourbon like it's almost like in between the single malt and the, and the Balcona's bourbon yeah so I think it's almost too I don't want to say scotchy but it's almost like too Texas for me yeah if that makes sense it's just too yeah it's yeah, it's, you know, it's not... It's like that funkiness or... that you're talking about that comes along with some of these Texas whiskeys. Not your jam. I, yeah, I don't think it's my... It's, I don't think it is my jam, and I think this is certainly a very Texas-esque bourbon. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's not bad. You no, know, no, it's no, just no. For, 50, for 50 bucks, I don't know that I... You know, when there's things like there's a lot a of lot the Old Forest or Whiskey Road bourbons ones. out there. Exactly. Right. When there's some other products that, like, standardly, I know I would like... I wouldn't be picking those up in that price range. Right. I'd be really interested to try the blended to compare it. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I typically prefer bourbon over blended whiskey. Um, like Just like I even prefer single malt scotch over blended scotch. 
So I would be interested to see how that 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 translates. I also would be interested. I still want to get my hands on uh, Still Austin. I'm yeah. really excited to try the uh, the baby blue corn uh, yeah. balcones to see how that. We're is. doing that in a couple weeks here. Yeah, so. so I'm really excited to try that and compare it because I just feel like Texas whiskey is like something that should be up my alley. But it's got, I haven't been yeah. crazy about it so It's far. got its own weird funk that you kind of have, like some scotches, you kind of have to come in knowing it's going to have that funk. Right, right. And be either fine with that or say, you know, it's just not something you're going to like. Right. And I mean, obviously I like it somewhat. The whiskey's almost gone at this point. Uh, it just seems like that price point, especially, it's not uh, not worth it. But I, I think it's a good whiskey. And um, price like, like I said, 10, 15 I would, bucks lower, it'd be good, right? And I and I like I said, I'd be interested to, to see how the, the blended uh, translates as well. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave a review, uh, listen to every episode of Still Discussion, share it on social media, tell your friends about us. We really do appreciate your support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America, we'll be here to drink with you next week. <laughs>